Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Coming up on episode 61 of The Pinball Show, Dennis and I reflect on our past week in pinball, the recent Mando live gameplay stream, video gaming elements making their way into new pinball titles, a new Stern pinball accessory shipping, JJP teasing a topper, the closing of the mermaid hole, Dennis sticks it to the man to help the poor, a friend gets a job, deep-rooted by Kerry Hardy, pinball market trends, my favorite U.S. state this month, and much, much more. As a reminder, this program has been edited for your enjoyment. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Pinball is a game of skill. I've come to talk with you again. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. Because a vision softly creeping. It's time for the Pinball Show. Seeds while I was sleeping. It's pinball with personality. And the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound. Silence. In restless dreams I walked alone. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a thing we like to call the Pinball Show, episode 61 with your host, myself, Zach Minnie, and my co-captain, Dennis Creasel. How's it going, Dennis? It's going well. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Another quote? A very relevant quote. I know this quote. I, this one I know. Episode one. Of Mandalorian. I was going to throw you for a little loop there. Yeah, I was like, no. You thought you had me. Yep, you thought you had me. What's your uh, qualitative review of the show itself? Overall, I think it's it's pretty good. It's going with that sort of looser, more humorous, fun episode of the week approach. Mm. And I just think compared to how heavy and and the direction they've taken some of the more modern films that it feels more of a throwback style to the older way Star Wars used to be. And I think that's where its success is coming from, along with the adorableness of Baby Yoda. Mm. Man, I heard that rant last week on EGP about you calling it a Baby Yoda versus Grogu versus the child. Oh, uh, well, you know, some people like to gatekeep and I'm not a big fan of gates. I know. I like to open them and let the cattle roam. Roam free. I'm a, I'm a free grazing sort of rancher, really. Somebody asked me on stream last week, I was visiting Joel Engelberth on the audio track. And they wanted me to do a pig call, suey. Oh. Yeah. Because you're from Indiana, I understand. I suppose. I didn't get the reference there. So overall, you like the Mandalorian series. That's great. Is there anything that's just going to knock your socks off? Because if that didn't really get you going... What will? I I don't know if I get excited to the level that maybe you're hoping the for as a response. That's probably the issue. What is the last thing that has been released, whether it's film, whether it's a game, whether it's anything, that just made you like a schoolgirl? You were just elated to the point of, I can't wait. I don't. Nothing. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Really? 
Yeah, it's kind of like I remember <sighs> that, an interview with uh, Lyman Sheets where he sort of explained he was like a minus five to plus five person, not a zero to ten. It, it's sort of like that would probably be the best way to summarize it. So your plus five is really like whoop-hoo. Well, I mean, I can. There have been things where I've just like get like yes i'm really pleased with how something goes but not usually <laughs> yes i'm really pleased with how something goes yeah but not like releases oh. or oh good they're doing a new blank i'm like yes what about like roller coasters is there anything that just really gets you so fired up and giddy i mean i like puppies i puppies are nice when they're not peeing oh it's always the negative comedy Nothing, huh? I like comics. <laughs> I like comics. Just wondering, speaking of comedy, I was thinking to myself last night as I was prepping for this show, really important question. Dennis Creasel, have you ever harmonized with a fart? Hello, darkness, my old friend. Uh, not to my knowledge. I did last night, and I was so proud of myself, listener. But it was like a thing that dreams are made of, where you you have that gas, and you can control the output of said gas. And I was singing something, and I was like, oh, little rumbly, I need a backup singer. Wow. <laughs> Just, it's perfect. It's perfect. The, the seas parted. The clouds parted. Man, my butt cheeks parted. It was a miracle. Given how you sing, I'm not too surprised that it synced well. <laughs> it stinked well, too. Made the Mona Lisa smile. Why don't we jump into some pinball news? That's why these people are here, I think. Oh, are they? Mm-hmm. We have one I hope we have some cor- good correspondence. Craig Bobby's up in the wilderness as well, coming back with Oh, is he beard. back in the maple trees again? Yeah. He said he's heading up to the northern land. Well, it's just as well. It's not like Stern has a release coming out. <laughs> It's not like he gets 10 times the news that every other correspondent gets. Yeah, but he did have like four months where he didn't have to really say anything. And now here we are in abandonment. There goes Bobby. It's time for TPN Industry News. Hi, this is Ken Rudberg with your Jersey Jack update. On their most recent Facebook post... Jersey Jack said that a Guns N' Roses topper is coming soon, along with other accessories and add-ons. The post also includes a silhouette outline of the proposed topper. Not sure if that's the real deal or not, but if it is, it's going to have the Guns N' Roses logo front and center sticking out of the top. Jersey Jack said that that will be coming out later on this summer. Everyone's favorite mod maker, Lior Rajwan of The Art of Pinball, also posted something intriguing this last week. It appears that he will be creating his own very elaborate version of the Guns N' Roses topper. He makes a bold claim saying that this will be the most interactive topper ever created. It'll be fully interactive with the game including lighting and special effects. And it is so complex it requires its own PC to run it. Lior says he'll only be making 100 or 150 of these and that quote, it will not be cheap. There's sure to be a huge demand for this topper because of the great work he's done in the past. So if you want one, I suggest you keep your eyes peeled for the release date. For the Pinball Show, this has been Ken Rudberg. 
All right, Dennis, Stern Pinball is in the news really big this week because we finally seen the reveal stream and gameplay of the Mandalorian. Uh, it was the premium edition pinball machine by Stern Pinball. You can find this on the video on demand on Jack Danger or Dead Flip's YouTube channel or eh, probably still up on Twitch. That's where it was streamed live. Were you able to sit down and take a watch? I watched about 40 minutes of it. What was your excitement level, zero to five, about this game in general? Once, because you and I haven't talked about first impressions on the the videos and the the pictures. Was this a breath of fresh air for you from Brian Eddy? Were you happy to see Dwight on code? What were just quick initial thoughts? Yeah, it was layout wise. I liked that it doesn't look like anything from Stern that I can think of. It doesn't remind me of any other game. So on a uniqueness front, I was really pleased with it. Looking the way it does, including how flowy it looks. Uh, I was indifferent in terms of who was going to be assigned on on code. It's more about what will the rules ultimately be. I don't I don't typecast to the same way a lot of other people I feel do in this hobby about when you find out who's lead on code. I think a lot of them have shown a degree of flexibility, so I don't always just immediately know everything based off of who the coder will be. Understood. Uh, I wasn't surprised, though, that it was Dwight, given how big of a Star Wars fan he is. Mm. So overall, pretty, pretty, uh, yeah, a good three or a four. Wow. Wow. Is this a theme or a type of game after seeing the pictures or videos that you thought I could see myself potentially owning that someday? Like it's, there's nothing that just turns me off totally. No, it looked like something that I, I, I'd need to play it to know for sure. But looking at how it played and the idea behind the rules, I was like, yeah, it could be, it could be one that would appeal to me. Creasel's rule of play before you pay. Yes. That's just how I do it. That's pay, just my approach. But pay small amount. Play, uh, it's play, play and then, and then pay. maybe pay. Except I'll probably pay when I play yeah, because so I pay on location. Amount. Did you watch the stream? I watched the first 40 minutes and then I okay. had other things to do. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, that means I, I saw Brian Eddy walk through the layout. I saw Dwight walk through the rules and I saw part of one game. Okay. All right. For those that that weren't following along, that was sort of the the speed of the pace. And I don't know how long the stream was. Was it ninety minutes? Yeah, I think something like that. Okay. Hour and a half. Well, I was so I saw the first forty. I watched the first ten minutes and then realized it wasn't going to have any gameplay for a while. So I turned it off, hung out with the kids, and went back and watched the entirety of the vod. Ah. So I got it. I got it all up in the head. Well, I've slept since then, so maybe not. What were your first impressions of the way this game shot, the layout, geometry? It was about as much flow as I expected after I saw the still photos, okay. which which I liked. Uh, I'd say the biggest thing that surprised me, and though this this has, I guess, more to do with the with the coding integration with it, was did not seem that the mini play field was used as much or as long as I thought it would be, given mm. what a highlight it is on the premium. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we didn't see it stuck up there all the time. But you know, there's a you know there seemed to be an emphasis on looping shots and returns. So people that like controlled play will probably enjoy the layout quite a bit. I was surprised to see. I, I knew it looked like it was going to shoot fun and flowy. This is a pretty quick game. Yeah, a lot of the shots are towards the middle of the play field. So bricks and stuff will be. I think who was it? It might have been Ron Hallett over on Slam Tilt who who said, or maybe it was Bruce who said it kind of reminded them of where all the shots start on Black Knight, Sword of Rage. 
Okay. And so it's sort of in your face yeah. sort of thing. So it's like if you make the shots, no problem. If you brick the shots, that ball's coming back at you really quick because just where all the entry points are. Mm-hmm. They're not all at the back. You know, it's not Brian Eddy doing the attack from Mars stranger thing, layout in the back, fan layout approach. This is different. It ain't no shadow either. This is sure. just different, yeah. which yeah. I'm really glad it wasn't shadow 2.0. I'm glad he didn't do that. Yeah. I could have went with that as well. No, have, I'm t- I'm tired of this go back to the well crap. I see. We need new stuff, and Brian delivered. Yeah, when it, you and I very much agreed. I listened to your some of your first impressions on Eclectic Gamers podcast, your other podcast that you host, and couldn't couldn't have agreed with you more, Dennis, on the originality of this playfield. It was unlike anything that I've seen uh, from Brian Eddy, certainly, but from you know. From some of those designers in the last handful of years, it was very fresh, very new, and uh, it looked like it was going to shoot well. After watching the stream listener, I thought, this actually shoots even a little bit better than even I thought it was going to. I think the highlight of this game may end up being the way it shoots. I thought, like, for example, that left ramp, that's got a long distance to travel to the backboard, which then has another... uh, a hole to get to the left flipper crossing the play field. I thought that was going to be uh, a bit lengthy in time to get it there, but it was super fast, like a rocket. Uh, same with like the right ramp, the returns to the flipper, even when you do complete shots were really quick. That center razor crest shot that goes to a back ramp again, very fast flowed very well, right into the left uh, exit of the orbit. So it looks Looks like a blast. Even the scoop was working well that drops down to create a fourth ramp for you. So my impressions were uh, even better seeing this thing shoot than looking at the geometry. I was really worried, Dennis, about the exit of that mini horseshoe to the right. Uh, mm. Do you know what I'm referring to there? Yeah. I was really worried about that just based on the geometry and being a, a simple metal guide for it to bounce off of. But I was pleasantly surprised. It didn't look like you lose total control out of that loop at all. It's not as controllable as a clean orbit, but I thought that was just going to be a clank mid play field, try to get control of a thing. Yeah, no, nothing stood out to me as clunky. I think I think a lot of people will enjoy the geometry of it. I'm surprised how well that Razor Crest pendulum target works and doesn't impede the speed of that ball going mid play field. This is Dennis Creasel not having an opinion. No, I, I hadn't surprised. really. I, I didn't. I guess I didn't have a concern on it, so I never thought about that one you. way or another. Well, when you have so much weight, like you can tell that thing's got some weight behind it, and you're slowing down the ball going to the back of the playfield for a ramp that then has to come. I thought, eh, we might get a little rejections, or we might get trickles up that ramp. I was, I was kind of concerned about that, but no, it just looked like a low weight target that you can hit and move right out of your way. So that almost as good as a Deadpool on a spring. Almost. Almost. If we're also talking about layout, some of the things that made me scratch my head were I'm still head scratching a bit around that child area in the in lanes, uh, spelling child out. Oh, for spelling the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, honest, I, that was another aspect. I'm like, I just. I don't know uh, what we're doing after there. seeing this. And again, I haven't, I haven't played or obviously seen the sure. play on the pro, but I was just like, I don't even know if I care about, I don't think I care that there's a magnet there. Yeah. Because lighting child, all five letters. What is that? You light a mystery award. Yeah. I thought he, I thought that's what he's associated with is mystery. Okay. Like that's a big, big blueprint area there 
for just a yeah, minute. Yeah, it takes a ton of space. And not every, like, does the last letter, the D and child, does that not got a rollover? A lot of people are asking about that. I think, yeah, it, it certainly doesn't have a rollover switch, but I think it's, it's likely, I don't know this to be true, but either they have an optopath there or mm. you can use that swinging pendulum target as a register, I would mm. think, for the D. So. Okay. I didn't see I just, it being an issue. Yeah, there. I mean, if they, they're taking a lot of space up in that area. And I remember when I first saw the stills, I thought five inlines is mm-hmm. a lot. That's a lot. I mean, I'm trying to think like, what, what are the last games we saw that just had like a ton of inlay or ton of, ton, and you have to go like total huge top lane stuff like WWE sure. and Mustang sort of well, things. How many did Deadpool have? Deadpool felt like it had a handful up there. Maybe it was, was it not four? Okay. Did it, was it, does it spell pool? Or dead? I don't, I don't remember. I don't have the game. I, I thought th- it was four. It may have been four, but that that is more so than a lot of games with three. Two kind of annoys me. I'm just like, get rid of the damn thing if you're only going to have two. Walking but, Dead only has two? Exactly. That's the worst part of that game is the whole skill <laughs> shot. Uh, Lyman, oh, hail Lyman. And that is the greatest code ever, but I cannot give him a perfect score because of that just wretched skill shot system. Ugh. So mean. That's so stupid. It's so dumb. Even he would probably say it's dumb. Or when you hit it back in the shooter lane, it's like, choose the circle that you want to hit for another hundred. Th- Come on. You're wasting my time, Lyman. And yeah, Deadpool, I just loaded the picture up. It does have four. Okay. Don't like know it. what it's, I can't see what it spells. Yeah. And, and we know oh, that. It doesn't spell anything. Oh, I guess it spells bam exclamation point. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm surprised Brian Eddy used a, as much real estate for the in lanes uh, what do you call those top end lanes or top rollovers? And he threw, yeah, I don't remember what he, what, how he described it. I, I would normally just call them top lanes, top even lanes. though they're not in the traditional spot, but the, the top lanes coupled with the child figurine, they do take up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big chunk up there, especially with, we know that Brian but, Andy doesn't, the, the game still shoots really flowy. So mm-hmm. I, I ain't going to complain. And maybe you're just bypassing that with that extra ramp. Cause there are a lot of shots in this game, but the pop bumpers, you know, Brian Eddie's proven on the shadow. He didn't need them. So I don't, you got two pop bumpers and a, probably a, I don't know if there's a sling bumper or not. Like on, stranger I didn't things, see it but. on this one. Like he had with uh, stranger things, but, but the two pop again, yeah, he freed up some space. Cause you know, normally they, you know how how stern is they usually commit a set amount of real estate to having three pops. So sure. he does free up a sizable mech area by getting rid of just one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Upper playfield scared me a bit. I thought, oh, hopefully this isn't like Black Knight where I'm going to get stuck up there. No, it didn't. It Thankfully, didn't. No. it didn't look that way. I was actually because I thought, man, that's a gimmick, and I don't know if I like it. That looked kind of fun, especially since there is so much code and pathways that you have to get through on that. And it gets progressively more difficult with that slope. So yeah, I like how Dwight's programmed it so that the challenge will go higher and higher. I just, again, I just don't know if that's $1,600 for me. Sure. Because Grogu magnet is not. Grogu magnet. I don't care at all about the magnet. The big thing for the premium LE, in my opinion, is you get that extra shot. Mm, Yeah. And it may not mean a lot, but I do like an additional shot in a game like that. My favorite thing was actually having the wire forms for the crossovers. Oh, good uh, point. I really like the look of that a lot better than the plastic. But yeah. And yeah. as we saw, it's the returns weren't slow, so it still went, because plastic's faster, but those seemed plenty fast, fast to me. So. Well, we did have a problem, though, on that stream. We've seen the ball 
numerous times mm. fall off that wire form. Numerous yeah, times. Yeah, and that's something that happens with wire form. See, or can. If, yeah. Why not have a game that's ready to stream? Question mark. Right? <laughs> Why not have a game ready to stream? Well, I don't get it. Maybe it got banged. Maybe it was an accident. Like you got engineer. Like I was just been like, hold up. Let me bend this wire form so it doesn't. The yeah. ball doesn't keep falling off. Sometimes you just gotta get out the spot welder during the stream, and you just gotta do some welding. Ah, just take those. Isn't, wasn't that the moral of, of flash dance? Isn't that what we learned? Uh, you can keep that movie reference because I've not ever seen Flashdance. Okay. If you'd like to, I'll pull a Dirty Dancing and twirl you around up in the air. Nobody puts Denny in a corner. <laughs> See, I know that reference. That was good. Great. <sighs> Flashdance. That was with the leggings, right? 80s headband. It was the 80s, yes. What about the code? Rules. Uh, Very video game. Yeah, I thought so too. It looked like Dwight was kind of moving in that direction of let's add to the complexity of what people love in their home, millions of people, and that is some of the video gaming coding elements and tasks. Even the user interface, Dennis, was reminding me a lot, which it is not a bad thing, but it felt like more of an evolution to gaming here, uh, more so than other codes that I've seen recently. Hmm. I mean, it's not something we've seen a lot of. I've seen a little bit before where you might be able to trade something. You know, it's not, I don't want to necessarily say it's an RPG style because it didn't seem like you're really doing leveling, but True. you know, you're, you're accumulating a currency and then you're able to use that essentially in an item shop to acquire things to help your, your game out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some phone games do that. There's some like roguelikes will go with that approach. Well, we see so, that on Game of Thrones early on. And that's kind of, again, another Dwight game, mm-hmm. kind of thinking, you know, he's, he's toyed with this concept a bit before. I think it made more sense to me in how he explained it with this game. Like, I, Absolutely. I, when he was Absolutely. walking through it, it was just, and maybe part of that is I never cared that much about the importance of those features in Game of Thrones, whereas here it seemed really clear that turning in the Beskar and going to the foundry and getting certain, th- like the stuff made really clear sense, mm-hmm. like getting outlane saves, getting add a ball, mm-hmm. being able to buy your way into starting a mission. That all makes a lot of sense to me being like, Oh yeah, I definitely want to do that because it's going to make my gameplay experience better. I'm going to get further in the game. That was a, a high, high praise and notch on the code integration there. Like that theme integration with code. And I didn't think it was too confusing. No, uh, now, I, I never I fully grasp it. the rules until I play. And I was having a little bit of that when, when Dwight was walking through all of the aspects of the game. Sure. However, I did understand the foundry concept. So yeah, if I can understand it, listener, people can understand it. Two left targets, hit those enough. You get Beskar. That's it. And then there's a couple more moments in the game that you can gain Beskar. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see they, they throw in a few other ways to earn it as you play. Yeah. So once you get 200, you can open up the foundry, go into the foundry and get things like Dennis said, outlane ball saves as healing. Or I liked that the game interface actually showed Mando, I think visibly adding that gear to the hmm. avatar. I hadn't noticed that. That's, that's cool. Though. That's pretty neat. Like that's what it is in the show. He's mm-hmm. strapping on more and more of that, of that armor, like the jet pack. If you get a jet pack, boom, if you get a flamethrower, boom, you're going to see it on your avatar. And uh, that was a 
neat little thing. There again, I'm a broken record, but it it's those little details in Dwight's code. Just like for example, the flamethrower that you can use and the lighting. Lighting doesn't have to just be for the twinklies to get you to play the game. He's utilizing it as its own element. So when you hit that flamethrower button, if you have that that weapon, it sprays across the playfield just as it does in the film series. And then each of those shots that are flaming are worth two times. Using lighting on purpose uh, there that I can really, really appreciate. The lighting effects overall, I know that's not a big thing for you, Dennis, but it's already well, well coded. There are a lot of lighting effects. Now, we're doing a lot of that Deadpool all red during moments. We're going to make you pay attention thing. So we have to have to make sure it is evenly lit for you to play because sometimes like on Deadpool, it goes all red and it gets very dark and we don't see the expression lighting system as an option for this title. It was too far in development. I think it was still in development when they were developing this game. They opted not to make that an option. I guess we'll just have to get out the spotlights. Mm-hmm. Or play with the lights in the room on. I know that's a shock to people, but some of us do that. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Ugh, gross. Everybody was wanting the child to move. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) Everyone wanted it to move before we saw it, where we thought that it was going to be. Here, all right, let me tell you. Here's. Uh Uh-oh. Let me tell you where, where I thought. Okay. There are two scenarios that could be envisioned. One was people either wanted a child toy where he had one of his hands was going to be thing from Adam's family and was going to pick up the ball (laughs) and put it somewhere. Or option number two was that you were going to get a Grogu that eats the ball and it was going to be a re-sculpt of the group mech. Okay. That's how I saw it playing out. Mm-hmm. You weren't going to get both where baby Yoda was going to pick up the ball and then put it in his mouth. <laughs> like he's got a funhouse face. It was, and that would be creepy anyway. Yeah. Just imagine what that yeah, would don't look like. Don't make the child creepy. It would be pretty creepy. So I, I get that. But once we saw, I mean, once the stills came out, we knew this wasn't the case. So mm-hmm. now I think it's totally fair to debate whether you would have rather have had that than a moving mini play field. But mm. I mean, there's a BOM involved here. We can't. I've heard, you know, I heard other podcasts and read on on forums and on Facebook about people talking about this. It's sort of like, oh, but how cool would it be? How cool would it be? And yes, it would be cool, but it also wouldn't earn a single more quarter on location. And you have to remember what these were designed to do. Yeah. Adding in that sort of stuff doesn't make you more money. So there's no point mm. to it. What about making 100 of them at $50,000 a pop? That does sure. that has no limit to a bomb. Sure, but that's so much work for so few sales. Why not just not even worry about it? And then people that want to obsess can yeah. go to Toys R Us and buy. Well, I guess maybe not Toys R Us anymore, but womp go womp. and buy the little movie one. You know, the little one that you have that does yeah. the little the stupid sound effect. I hate it. I want to crush that little thing. And oh. you just stick that in your game. Zip tie it next to your Hot Wheels. See, listen to that. It's creepy. It's like E.T. Did you feel the force of your balls moving around? Yeah. So they wanted him to move. He did not move. Is that wasted space? Given how well it shoots, I can't say it's wasted space. I think it's a really good point. Look at how well... You're a distributor. You know, I'm not going to ask you to say how many of these you've sold, but all reports are this game is doing very well. They don't need it to be better. That's just how it is. They don't need it to be better. Yeah, the statistics that I can give this listener and to you, Dennis, are very professional term that we use in the industry. 
they're selling a shit ton of them. So uh, that that's my point. It's like, you can talk about how much cooler it could have been weld under glass that you want. It doesn't matter. It's already selling like hotcakes. Yeah. Weld under glass. Why would Stern care? Why would they waste their time and cost more money to put in features that you don't need to sell the games for? You're, y'all are already buying them. Y'all are weak. Deal it with is, it. It is nearly impossible to have an argument against that. I'm with it's you. just, it's a, well, it's just, it's, it's as you like to say, it's math. It's yeah. just math. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie, Zach. The yep. sales are there. The game's clearly successful enough on theme alone without Grogu doing really yeah. cool and stuff. And you may even question their business acumen if they decided after this sells so well, Let's actually go back on our next title and add more to it and more BOM and a high. So, yeah. I also think another aspect, especially after seeing it played, as you and I have both both pointed out, this game has a lot of flow and speed to it. All of these iterations of a Grogu toy that people have wanted are things that would dramatically slow down the game. And we do have a lot of we do have a lot of stopping with Dwight Code. We have a lot of elements on this playfield, listener, that. We'll stop that ball. I mean, remember Game of Thrones. He'll stop the ball. He'll make you decide. He'll make you watch something. Star Wars, same thing. We have a lot of that. I welcome that. I love that. He likes to give you breaks. Yes, I really like that. But And we also have a scoop here, too, that's going to uh, force you to make some. Keith Owen hates scoops. Yeah, I know. That does look like a nicely placed scoop, though. So I'm okay with it. Keith hates it anyway. Yeah. (laughs) He hates it. He used posts. They're the same thing. I wonder if in the Stern Cafeteria... As he's walking, like Dwight's at the microwave wall bank, and Keith just walks by and he just says, hate the scoop. And Dwight goes, <laughs> talk to Brian about that. So Grogu doesn't move. I think part of me still thinks that Stern is very, very smart. They know what mod makers are capable of and what they are not. Of course, they're going to come out and say, no, you can't mess with our code. No, you can't. That'll void your warranty. Eh, they know what we're capable of. Hate to lose my two-month warranty. That's why it's important to have a good distributor, Dennis. Like Coin Giver. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Pretty good piece last week. I did like that uh, in reference to these the child top lanes. It did look like when selecting a mystery award, the ball would kind of lock up there. Mystery options would come out. Each with like C would be this mystery award. H would be this mystery award. It throws the ball around and randomly, kind of like a bagatelle, Whichever one it went into, that is your mystery. So it's like a physical mystery. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's an interesting use of the space. At least they're using it more than just uh, lighting the mystery award. And I'm sure there's going to be more in the future. Sound effects and music really stood out to me as a highlight. Did you feel mm-hmm. the same way? Uh, I Jerry always does a great job. So he does. It's so I. He, it didn't stand out because I just expect. It's an <laughs> expectation, sorry, Jerry, isn't but I just it? It's like a zombie yeti thing. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. It's like, uh, and if if Jerry Thompson or David Thiel is on a game, I just it's going to sound good. It's just mm-hmm. they're consistent about it. So, um, <laughs> so I, no, it, it it didn't stand out to me. I just expected it to be good, and it was. Uh, I did have outreach from people noting though that while the sound effects were great and they loved that the music was in it, they were a little distressed at the lack of vocal call-outs from the show. Mm, I can see that. Like not ever hearing Mando. It's hard to hear Mando even when you're watching the show, but I can... That's true. This is the war. 
But I had someone ask, are, do they have the rights to use any Mando voice lines from the movies? Because we're supposed to be Mando, right? Wouldn't surprise me because the pinball community has found a way to fix that. But we did hear, I heard some female call-outs. I don't know if it was Bogartan or I, I don't know who it was. Did I, Did you just hear what I said? I said Bogartan. <laughs> oh, no. I, I missed it. Oh, man. The retired Star Wars character. <laughs> You know, I had people asking about, uh, you know, is is Luke is Luke going to be on the screen? Ahsoka? And, I don't what's, know. See, I don't know. Get to the wizard mode and find out. All these names of these people. Yeah, yeah Luke. I, it's such a weird name. No, I'm talking about Ahsoka Choa or whatever the... I don't know these people. <laughs> I've looked them up on Google, though. Rule 34, whatever Ryan had me look up. Yeah, don't do that. And shout out to a couple of you guys who, as if I didn't get enough that day, Thought it would have been cute to send me more pictures of that. That was a mistake on my part. The ones from Carl Weathers were very good. Yeah, I, th- I liked his callouts. We need to hear it more because there was a lot of talking and discussing code during the gameplay. So He didn't hooper it. He didn't, okay. He didn't do that. Uh, Jonathan, jackpot, I think. Jackpot, whatever. Will you like my game yet? Get the UV light kit and you'll like my game. Ambush tasks took a little bit uh, more distraction than I thought they would. I talked about having distractions coded into this game. He likes that, and typically I like that as well. When I went back to the VOD and watched it, the ambush is a pretty big part of this game, and they just points-wise weren't worth a shit. Yeah, I'm not sure that, as currently balanced, that that's going to go over that well. Yeah, there's a lot of shots to get there, and the payoff was eh, like a super jackpot on Ghostbusters. (laughs) Yeah. So... (laughs) Don't know. But I am glad that co-op is back. Dwight Sullivan. People love co-op. The stern lead on co-op stuff. People do love co-op. Plus, he threw, again, very much like a video game element. Dwight threw in more game modes. So Mm. no longer are we just playing one, two, three, four-player games. You've got co-op. And he added a team play, two versus two, where it shows different uh, colors of the teams. He added impossible play, which we touched on last week, and hero play, a little hidden feature that he showed off on the stream. Impossible play being, we can talk about that, that uh, has a meter, a power meter for your flippers. You get too low, and your flippers will kind of die. I do like the visual integration of the play field lighting up to the left all red if you're getting low on the left flipper and right on the right side as well. If right flipper is getting getting low, I think it's, takes twice as long to charge up the flipper so you can't be holding up can't be trapping up did you like the thought and implementation that you've seen thus far on impossible play yeah i like the addition of just additional game modes in general i think it it really suits with the home owner sure approach that a lot of these sales are going right now to give just different diversity ways to play and from a party game atmosphere i think they actually work better than traditional pinball Whoa. In a lot of ways. Whoa. Well, because Whoa. the issue with traditional pinball, and I, I'm sure you've heard from others, or if you've not heard with direct conversation, if you listen to a few other podcasts, you'll definitely hear this. A common problem is if you, say, live in a, fam- in a family or uh, have in a bunch a of friends lot, who aren't yeah. into it as much as you are, it gets kind of annoying to wait for someone, play for 10 minutes, and then they're done in 30 seconds, and you're, and you're playing in queue. It's just, unless you've got a lot of games to keep everyone busy. That's very true. And so like when I have people over, 
if we're doing team games, what we normally do is turn on a bunch of the games, like all of them, and we'll start three or four That's player games, and, yeah. and everyone starts on a different game, and we just start rotating. But otherwise, you're just standing there waiting for your turn. I mean, that's one of my least favorite things about playing competitive mm-hmm. is the amount of time I'm just there waiting well, and then for my somebody chance gets an to extra lose. ball, and you're like, oh, here we go. Well, we have rules for that on competitive. Sure, play, sure. But, but, you know, it just it can be, depending on the game, it can just be really tedious. That's where, like with co-op, you know, the big standout thing is even if you're bad at it, it's different when you all feel like you're working together because you're everyone's contributing. Even if you're not doing that great, you know, if you hit a couple of reactor shots on TNA, you still helped. Mm-hmm. So that sort of thing. And likewise, the uh, you know, when you have things like a three versus one sort of versus where the good player is going up against the three not as good players. Yeah, and not only that, so the impossible play, what we talked about, listener, where those flipper mechanisms are going to be different. They're going to make it very difficult. Tasks within the game, rules-wise, become more difficult as well. Uh, and there's things like you don't collect extra, extra balls, none of that stuff. So, uh, And then what we were talking about, you were talking about three versus one, which is an option on TMNT. There is, there is an... I think an evolution to that in this game called hero play that Dwight has created where it is a three V one kind of thing, but that one is considered the hero and mm-hmm. this hero. It's an even bigger handicap because the hero then plays kind of the impossible play, but plays it against three people combining uh, advancements without that flipper impossible play. Yeah, I wonder if Dwight had ever played. Uh, there's a video game called Evolve, actually. Mm. So, sort of fitting with how you described it. And I wonder if he had played that because um, that's a three versus one. Isn't that like game a monster style. game? It is. One person's the monster, oh, wow. and then the three other people are the hunters that are trying to take it down. And okay. the monster has certain capabilities because he's out. I mean, it's different, of course, because you're not. It's not pinball. So the monster, in a way, has more capabilities than any individual hunter mm-hmm. uh, for balance purposes. But uh, it's an interesting point, idea. Yeah. I think all of those will go over well for those. that, And anyone who doesn't care will just not play those modes. Boy, I just played a 3v1 with my family on, I think it was Mario Party on the Switch. And I was Bowser. I got to say, that was, that was really fun. I had different tasks that I had to do compared to them. And... I played them. For, and then you just stole all their stars anyway. And oh, I was like, whatever. It was, damn that Mario. That's fun stuff. So yeah, I like the implementation of new modes. And I got to say, I was one of the early poo-pooers on having these extra game modes. Uh, that yeah, been well, you're one of those. I don't want to see anything. I want I, to, I'm, I was that I'm all, it all has to be pure. So purity. I'm, I'm eating crow a bit as you're going to hear in the future of, of this episode here, a little foreshadowing there as you're going to hear more about that, uh, upcoming, but yeah, eating a little crow, sucking a little crow toe on that one, because I do think, like I said, listener last episode, I'm guessing that you're going to see stern internet connectivity really, really lean on some of these little mini modes. And I think, can't think of a better way. When implement. Zach, when I, know, I don't know. I, it's way behind it uh, well I, because i think they know now that they're not the first one out of the gate so when they do come out of the gate they want to be the one that finishes the job well uh, okay well it's starting to feel a little bit more like duke nukem forever to me but whatever think iphone think apple sure samsung you can have your clunky mechanics all you want and have your extra cam give us another year we'll make sure people buy it Ooh. 
Android Shade. The Android fans aren't going to like you for saying that. Does Samsung even make a phone anymore? Yeah, the Galaxy series. Oh, okay. Likely the one that you have, right? No, I have a Pixel. I used to have a Samsung. I love that you before they Google Before phone. they caught on fire. So, Dennis, my overall take on this game, I was very, very, very excited leading up to the stream. The stream added to my knowledge, did not increase my excitement, did not hinder my excitement. It simply held me over until I can play this game, and I'm really, really looking forward to owning and playing it. I think this this is going to be a good one for me personally. I will. I know this is going to, I'm going to go way out on a limb. This will be the best-selling game of 2021. Wow. Mm. That's an early call. Yeah, that's right. With Godzilla rumored to be lurking. That's right. And the toy story possibly in the toy chest next door. Oh. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Wow. That's a this is effect, the way? I th- quite possibly. And speaking of the stream itself, as a media provider, content creator, I always like looking at how companies decide to present their new product or their new and as a dealer too. I wanted to see what your take was on the stream itself. I like when Stern comes out with videos. I typically like those. The podcast, it's hard. I don't think they get as much listens because it's behind that website wall, but they do that. The stream is a little bit different. It's the only content property that I think they don't do themselves. They give it to somebody else, Jack Danger of Deadflip, to do it. What were your impressions of the stream, or were you neutral uh, so that I can go on a rant? <laughs> well, <laughs> I uh, I think I've I've commented on this before, but I don't I don't agree with how Stern does this. Okay. I don't think it's the be- I don't think it's the best way. I don't think it's a bad idea, but I I think they definitely could make a lot of improvements. Overall, in terms of stream quality, I thought the stream quality was pretty good. It sounded yeah. like they had lapel mics. So like the audio was good this time. Yeah, and stream quality looked pretty too. The video aspects looked good. I there was a mobile camera that was used oh, and it God. Blair witched me. I can't I can't handle that. It Blair I, witched uh, I get motion sick. I get motion sick. So if you don't have a gimbal, I, oh my God. Yes. Yeah, it's just I, I got the idea. Like you didn't I see the value in not having everything just be a fixed angle, but you have to have stabilization. And for yes. people like me, you have to have stabilization or else all it, all I, I feel compelled to look away because I can't handle it. The reason so, I do flybys is because I'm, I'm not in, in the way. I can do some stabilization editing afterwards, and it's very much calculated what I'm doing. But yeah, that was rough. Over, aside from that, overall production quality, I thought was really good. My issue with what Stern does is I think I would do, I guess I would do two things. One is the game layout walkthrough and rules explanation. I don't see any reason why that could not be done in an edited video and released before the live gameplay. 100%. So I would still do that. I like the idea of having Brian walk through the shots and Dwight spending a bunch of time and explaining all the rules, but you can encapsulate that in a video and use that to help generate hype before even the live stream. Mm -hmm. So I would do that as one thing, like put that out on YouTube. And then the second thing is I completely do not understand why Stern is not streaming this on their own channel. hundred percent. They're using a third part. If you want to use someone like Jack danger to MC and run your event, 
totally understand. Hire him and have him do it. But it should be on a Stern stream, Stern property, Stern, you know, do it on Stern YouTube or Stern set up their own Twitch if they don't have one and do it like that. It's like it should be routing you, in my view, to the company. Mm -hmm. And you can use third parties to do all the work for you and compensate them accordingly. But it's for a company as big as Stern is, as this pinball having this resurgence. They're the biggest. Outsourcing the hosting seems really odd to me it seems amateur to me so those are my it doesn't yeah but, and i've said the same thing i mean many of the other it's the same thing when jersey jack has done it with buffalo i don't get it mm-hmm. why is it not under their own channel i because those are, it's not about the live stream it's about people coming in later mm-hmm. like That's the vod being on their up. youtubes and getting those click i mean look at the clicks that straight down the middle has for its hosted video yes for gnr mm-hmm and I think that had they not had a promo video that they they did in-house, they would have probably said, hey, one of the caveats here is we're using you for the promo video. It needs to be our property. I mean, you can put that you you know, produced it, you directed it, you filmed it, all that, but it needs to be our entity. And we would have said, yeah, uh, that totally makes sense. Or I would have even... I mean, if I was with the company, I would have been more than happy to say, hey, if you want to put this on your YouTube and we can put it on our YouTube, we're open to that too. Okay. But yeah. we should be able to have it as a resource for people who are coming to us. Because it is our product. Yeah. So uh, so, anyway. so it's not, again, this is all stuff I've brought up with multiple companies sure. before uh, that I just, and I'm not a marketing person. I'm a government hack. What do I know? But to me, it just seems like this is not how most organizations do their, you know, their marketing is still, everything should be funneling you to the company mm-hmm. or in the case, since this is a distributor model to using the, you know, funneling people to the distributors. Like what, what about, and I only watched for 40 minutes, but maybe, and maybe this will lead into what you wanted to talk about. Cause I know you look at it from a distributor angle, mm-hmm. but like when I was watching those 40 minutes, I never once recall seeing in the streaming of the chat or discussed on the stream, how to buy one of these. 100%. Man, you're good. Well, I'm. I mean, it's like I was just sitting there. I'm like, okay, well, I'm. I'm learning a lot from all these explanations. I'm like, what if I wanted to buy one of these and I wasn't in pinball like I am? I wouldn't know how to do it from this. Yeah. Do I go to Stern? No, you can't. They they don't sell them on their site. Not that there was a link to Stern showing up in the chat or on the on the overlays that I saw. Yeah. I mean, so absolutely. So yeah, there you go. I I don't really have anything else to say about it, but those are just some general things I've wondered about this. This objective takes there. Yeah. I to piggyback off of that, you talked about why doesn't Stern have this on their own streaming channel? And I couldn't agree more. This is as a hobbyist. This is as uh, a dealer uh, doing business with Stern Pinball. They relinquish all control of their product and the way it's revealed and presented to the buying public. That third-party host doesn't have any skin in the game if these games sell. Uh, I, I don't understand why Stern Pinball creates their own podcast. They do a damn good job with Nate Shivers. It's not on Coast to Coast. It's on the Stern Pinball website. We do the promo sizzle reels that you see with accessories and gameplay features and behind the scenes. Stern Pinball creates that. It's all on the Stern YouTube. But then the first time that we're going to show this product actually work as it is a pinball machine, which everybody wants to see, that's the most important part, 
we are going to relinquish all control to an outside party, and then we have no quality standards that we can uphold during said process. That's typically a host, a, a director, a producer's job. So whenever I hear things like, why did Dwight talk? So why did this? Well, th that's a direction issue. There needs to be a lead. So we're going to relinquish all that control. The sad thing to me, again, from a business standpoint, if I'm Stern Pinball, I don't own any of my reveals in the past. Dennis, that's messed up. I don't own any of those. Yeah, and that's the big I think that's the biggest thing that and and it's not and I again it's not just Stern. This is like calm and I think that's because everyone's taken their lead from how Stern did it. Sure. And and like again, to piggyback off of that, you said, why don't they have it all? I said they relinquish control. Case in point, I am banned from that channel, from the streaming channel, the official I call it the official Stern stream, whatever they utilize for Stern Pinball. I'm banned from that as a dealer. A flipping outs band. I can't interact. I can't answer questions. I can't try to uh, drive customers to sales if they're interested. Nothing. I sit with my hands tied behind my back. They don't have. They can't change that person banning me because they don't own that stream. That's just one example among many. And you said that yeah, you didn't see any links to purchase. Not only that, I didn't see a link on the overlay to click to find a dealer to click to play. I didn't even see a Stern Pinball logo on that overlay. They are the manufacturers of this product that is they are trying to sell. Not even a logo. Is, is Lucasfilms selling this? Is Disney selling this? To my knowledge, no. We have the Mandalorian up there. I Some of these things... People may say, well, Zach, it's just because there's, there's other circumstances. That, and that's fine. But you can't argue with this stuff. At the end of the day, I want to know, what's the goal of a live reveal stream for a product? The last time I checked, your large manufacturing companies, your large businesses, they don't showcase their product live demonstration-wise the first time you see it. There's no benefit from that. The only thing that can happen is something going wrong, turning people off from buying and having interest in it. So the, the only major goal that I can see, listener, from having a live stream showcasing a product for the first time and its functionality is viewer interaction. That's the benefit you get. You're there live answering questions. But when that doesn't happen on said live stream, what is the point? I mean, other downsides to a live game reveal, what if the game has issues? You can't pause, you can't pause life. The ball not staying on the habit trail, it should have been worked out before. Bulbs falling out, that's going to happen. But guess what? It is not needed for the consumer because it probably is a rare occasion. So you can edit that out. Dead or awkward air, can't edit that out live. Making off-the-cuff statements that they're not egregious, but they can be edited out. I think it needs direction. It needs production. It needs organization. And we need a reminder to the consumers where they can purchase the one thing that they're presenting, which is a product. I mean, I don't, and I don't mean to beat on Stern too much, but just the last week I was, I went to check 
on some, you know, what distributor setups were like with Stern. And I went to the Stern site and started going through the distributor list and multiple broken links. Yeah. I, like I didn't know if these distributors still existed or if their websites just changed. I, it's like, they don't even, they don't even have that cleaned up. So given that, but given that, given the inability to keep their own website updated, makes me suspect that they they might have a number of issues that they really should be working on here uh, that would better help people. I mean, again, that's how you go and buy games. It's hard to argue because I know from a, a personal standpoint, a business standpoint, the individuals that do work on this, they're my fav- some of my favorite people in pinball. The marketing crew over there at Stern, uh, the creators, the designers, the coders. It's hard to beat the awesome group at Stern Pinball. So when they make decisions like this continually over and over, I just don't understand it. I do understand it. It's, I think because they're so busy that it's easier to not change from what has been done than it is to make it right. Mm. Because, because everything we're talking about would take work versus, hey, can you come and you know get your contractor, do what you did last time? And it's not that you can't contract the work out. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to have a stern employee who's going to run the stream for you. You don't have to do that. No. You can bring in an outside, but like your your case in point about who owns and controls the video, the VODs when they're done oh. is an excellent one. Every yeah. time I contract in my job, I make sure I get possession of the product. Sure. Dennis, I went to watch the VOD. I went to Stern's YouTube page. It wasn't there. I thought, no. what, what? Oh, that's right. One would think even after getting a live stream, you would then upload the VOD onto Stern's pinball. You No, they don't even get to do that. Well, I don't know if they don't get to do that or they don't even think about what? asking to do it. Surely they do. Surely I'm they sure do. that they could put it into the terms of the agreement, though. Uh, regard, I mean, and the reason it's I'm, their product, the they re- have the power, they have the power in the relationship. Sure. And one, but yes. And one of the main reasons I get so prickly about this is because I have fun creating stuff like that. I pride myself on, I know a lot of you listeners do too. When you get to create something, I want anything I put my name on to be special. But if I put myself in, in a host position in something like that, how many times did that host refer people to purchase zero? How many times did a host remind viewers that they were going to take this game home for one-to-one time for the viewers. So don't, if you guys don't like this, just wait. I'm going to take this game home for free and put it on my own channel. What, what is the purpose? That's all. I think there are two better options here for Stern Pinball. But I, you can keep the host. Jack does a terrific job on a lot of things. He does highly entertaining to a lot of people. I'm not saying change that. But number one, a highly produced program similar to the Stern Heads Up Invitational. What would be wrong with that? That's a gameplay, and that was beautifully done. Or you can do a live stream. If you're gung-ho about this live stream, which, again, to me, from a business standpoint, manufacturers should not do live streams. Let the consumers do that. Put your best face forward on your products. But if you want to do a live stream, have a director, producer, a host, all in one, that is willing to have a vision do some pre-planning, segmented with videos, and then answering live questions. I'm going to visualize real quick, 30 seconds here, listener. You turn on to the Twitch stream, live stream of the new Stern Pinball game. Your entertaining host opens up the show with a plan 
Hey everybody, I'm so glad you came to the reveal of the brand new Stern Pinball product and game, X. We've got a lot in store for you today. First, I want to introduce to you the team that made this possible. Quick introductions. Hey, this is Dwight Sullivan on Code. He's done such things as blah, blah, blah. Brian Eddy, legendary designer. Blah, 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 blah. We're going to turn you guys over now to a quick overview, two minutes, video to get you equipped for the next gameplay. Transitions to a video. You get to learn the quick points from Dwight. That's fine. Boom, boom, boom. Quick, snazzy, slick, right back to a table, sitting with the host and uh, some of the creators. Hey guys, man, I've seen in that video, you guys showcasing this, this, and this. What can you tell us further about this? I see a question in chat here from MandoFreak69 asking, bump, bump, bump. let's go ahead and press start, play a game, pre-recorded, goes right back. You can even have the creators talking over that gameplay. What the player's doing now, they've started ambush. They're going to try to get three bump, 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 bump. If the creators go long on their speech, that's where that director and host steps in, gives them a little signal, an hour, boom, leave them wanting more, go out, play the game on location, or go get one yourself. It's more work to set that up. Is your product not worth that work? I'm not saying that. First impressions are everything. I'm just saying, if they're not keeping up with sales right now, Stern may, they just, I just don't, I don't think they feel any pressure to change from what they're doing because they're selling games. That's a good argument. It's a good argument. I, I just, I think they could position, I think they could build their brand up faster if they would make modifications from what the status quo is not, it's not professional enough. It's like, they're not, they're not possessing enough of the items. They could structure things in a way that would better lead into excitement than how they do it. I just think they found that this satisfied like the hardcore. And so they just keep doing it. And so I expect that they'll keep doing it this way. I agree broadly that like live streams aren't the best way at all anyway to probably present the game because too much can go wrong with them. I think it would be, I would be okay with them still doing a live stream after everything else. Like I would still do your, your documentary style. You could have a controlled video of showing some play, which is edited to, you know, keep out the, you know, like habit trail issues and such. And you do all that. And then you do a live stream where you are trying to mostly do Q and a or for the hardcore, but you know, like for example, if I were doing a live stream and if I ran Stern media marketing and I was going to do a live stream, first thing I would do is say, well, where are most of my followers for Stern? It's on Facebook Mm. and that's where I'd stream it. That's a, that's an even better. I wouldn't set up a Twitch channel. Uh, and have that as my launch area. If your goal is exposure, you need to go where you have most of your people at. And that is for them, Facebook, I believe, more than their YouTube. Yeah. But also, Stern has employees with streaming experience. So if they wanted to set up a Twitch channel, yes. that's something I've kind of wished. Just like if you wanted to have that as a part of your just sort of brand awareness model, I always thought, wouldn't it be cool if Stern, like once a week, like on Tuesdays, yeah. from, from noon to one, the lunch break. Yeah, four of their four of their employees are going to just play it. Not not the not a reveal. Just play one a game. game. Yeah, Keith like Elwin, Raymond Deadpool. Davidson, yeah. Zach Sharp, and Tim Sexton. Boom. Exactly. That's a hell of a lunch break. And didn't JJP for a while used to do something like that? They do a little mm-hmm. stream. They were doing like a weekly stream thing. I yeah. think this is back with JJP Wonka. Live. Yeah, yeah. Just do this. Stern. Yeah. Okay. You stole it from JJP. So what? It was a good idea. And nothing original. That I mean, yeah, it's just company it's stream. Just, it's just something so people like you know. Again, that's more for the that's more to appeal to the hardcore and to talk. You know, just to 
keep them it's just keep the awareness there yeah and it goes back to what is the goal of a live reveal stream they need to answer that and i think that the th- if i were to try and trace it's wh- what the root of this is i think it just gets back to mentally that's sort of how they f- feel like how shows were you know when it used to be a show reveal at mm, an expo yeah. and that's kind of where i think that's where the mentality comes from even though from an online perspective, it is not the best way to do it. And you said to yourself, they're selling them so well that at the end of the day, does it matter? My argument would be it always matters. And it, look, they are selling them. Speaking of, as we transition to the next story, selling like hotcakes are stern pinball accessories. And there is mm-hmm. a new one that is now shipping. It's the Avengers Infinity Quest shooter rod. Oh, it's been hard to play without the shooter rod so far. You so. Know, I know, I know. It's it's a tough one. You guys will have to check out the straight down the middle promo video. <laughs> it's a parody. It's a it's it's satire, <clears throat> people. But uh, check that out as people are now receiving their Infinity Quest shooter rods. Pretty little thing. I like when they illuminate those shooter rods. Let's jump over to Jersey Jack Pinball. They've been teasing some accessories as well. Shooter rods? Uh, may I don't know actually. I know that they were teasing a topper for Guns N' Roses. Those individuals with oh, the standard. You love toppers, Zach. I know. They said it's going to be much more affordable than any of the counterparts, too. Oh, bird. Oh, I think it was just tempering everybody's expectations a little bit. Like, guys, don't freak out. We just want to make sure that if you want something on top of your standard or an LE, well, we've got you set. I'm excited about that. I think they have some art blades they may be working on. And maybe a shooter rod. I don't know about that. A lot of discussion over the forum, social media right now, have been discussing the collector's edition Guns N' Roses. Some of the owners are showing some playfield chipping again. Chipgate? Chipgate again. 3.0. Around some of the posts. And it's making its rounds again on social media. We didn't know that it was happening to the CEs, I guess. I don't know what the, the news is here. Probably the same issues they were having with the early run standard and Ellie's or, you know, the Stern was having with theirs or that. I guess even 12,500 can't protect you from chip gate. <laughs> That's what people's arguments are. And not even well, 12,500. They, think they were going to get better 20, clear. 20, I don't know. They thought, well, I think JJP, not, I don't think they ever formally said it is resolved. I don't recall hearing yeah, that I it was fixed. No, either. but you know, all of these companies have always been super cagey about, when they Absolutely. what the issue is and when they and when it's been fixed and i don't know if this is a thing where it was happening less so but now that it's uh been made more of an issue that's why people are coming out more i don't know what it is i can all i can do is report facts and evidence based on my experience as a dealer we sold eh, we sold a lot of ce's we have not had i had one person message me last night that said they were concerned with some of the things that they were seeing on their game. I told them to send me pics. I'm awaiting those. But other than that, my CE looks perfectly fine. My LE had chipping. Um, my Wonka LE had chipping. But my Wonka CE and my GNR CE, my personal games, there's not one issue to them. So I don't know how widespread this issue is. I can say as a hobbyist and a dealer, it sucks. It's a problem. I want them to fix the problem. Is JJP still operating under the 
There are no more pl- free play field exchanges? From pretty much all that I've heard, yes. They send out a, a washer kit to hide some of that damage. Now, that may be different if you pull it out of the box and it already has that. <sighs> uh, but otherwise, I, mean, I think their, their warranty suggests that it is merely a product of gameplay. Okay. Well, I, they, they can do that. It's just I, I worry that JJP is going to sabotage their future sales of high roller collectors when, if they treat them like that. I mean, rich people don't like being told that they just have to eat it. Yeah, it's, t- it's tough when you're buying that top edition. I'm just, I'm just saying, if I pay $12,500 and under 100 plays, Plus I shipping. had shipping, and then you told me, and then you told me that uh, you'd going to give me some washers, but otherwise I'm going to have to buy another play field from you, uh, and that this was somehow normal, I would be like, okay, well, I'm between a rock and a hard place, so I guess I have to take it, and I sure won't be buying Toy Story. Well, that's the beauty of if you were to call me with flipping out pinball, because it may, in fact, you know what, I guarantee you, that it would be different. Well, so people can keep to, on not saying, not to brag, Zach, but if I had an issue and I called JJP, it would be different also. Oh, do you know who I am? <laughs> the second nicest. I'm kind of a big deal. That's I'm right. The second you're, nicest person a bit. you're sweet, <laughs> yeah. sweet, crazy. No, I've, I've wondered that though. I've wondered if I would be treated differently. That wouldn't be fair. Some people suggest that, yeah, us big mouths sometimes are treated differently. Hmm. I don't know. Well, that's not right. But all I all I can do is control because uh, you know people preaching heard a little bit EGP discussion last week um, about direct model direct sales from these manufacturers and I, I'm going to kind of throw my hands up on stuff like this and say hey uh, for the, all those arguing you know why do we need dealers why do we need distributors okay make your bed because if somebody comes to me with an issue me is it's flipping out pinball. Nicole and I do everything we can to go above and beyond. And I don't want to make this a plug, but remember that next time you hear people saying, we don't need distributors. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's talk about something not associated with flipping out pinball and that's Haggis pinball. At the time of this recording, I believe the window has closed Dennis for the fathom revisited mermaid editions to mm-hmm. be purchased. They're under the water. That's down where it's hotter. Mm. Now you just—it's such a hard life you lead. I know. I had last background when we're recording this. Uh, I'd heard there were about thirty of the mermaids left. Oh, nicely done there. That's what my sources say. See, Doctor John, that's how it's done. <laughs> the mermaid cave holes have closed, gone forever. Uh, they're going to start production in July. They're in their new place, and they have a new employee. Yeah. <gasps> Here at TPN on the final round pinball podcast with Martin Robbins, he officially announced that he is an official employee of Haggis Pinball. Ah, congratulations, Martin. Congratulations. Huge congratulations. He's going to do, do very, very, very well by them. I was interested in his job title. He said his job title was game designer. Dennis, not to, I thought mm. maybe like a, a rules creator. Well, he's doing rules on, on Fathom Revisited, but maybe he's working on mm. a layout. They did say that they're going to do these retro remake kind of things, but they're certainly not going to be back to back to back to back to back to back. And of course, their first game was uh, an original. Marty. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I think Marty's making something over there. That's awesome. What about Deep Root? Who's making games over there? Oh, man. Low hanging fruit. Sorry. Ben Pod. Carrie Hardy recently posted a video regarding Deep Root. 
on his YouTube channel, providing mm. some behind-the-scenes information sourced by a former Deep Root employee. How serious do you take someone's report of a source that is not open? Well, it's, I mean, it's less than ideal. Uh, I don't dismiss out of hand the quote-unquote anonymous source thing. It's it's best, you know, n- n- normally, and Carrie is a YouTube channel. He's not, he's not running around as a journalist. But, you know, normally you would try and have more than one source, even if you knew who they were. The biggest issue I have with it as a former employee is I have no context because that's all we were told. Like, I don't know if they were out of the Utah studio mm-hmm. animator mm-hmm. or if they were... Or, or did he? Or did he indicate were they an engineer? I don't remember. No, I don't because, remember. I don't think because there so. was a lot of talk about an enge- about engineering. So then I thought maybe this is an engineer, but it would have been helpful to know what the employee's field was, just so we could have a little bit better. Like it would have helped me with context on the discussion. Like if it's someone who's working just on the mechanical side of things, they might not know what's going on on the software front mm. or on the logistics of purchasing the supplies. But if they were a logistics manager they would know about the supply chain issues, that would but be also nice might know. not truly know if John Papaduke was a problem or not. Well, per this former employee, based on Kerry Hardy's video, Robert Mueller is 99% of the problem, not John Papaduke. And you see, that would completely depend on what position the employee Absolutely. had. I'm not, I'm not saying that's inaccurate. It could have been a janitor. That. Yeah, well, exactly. If, if you're a janitor in a building, then yeah, the boss is probably your problem if you quit because of someone, not some other employee that you don't answer to. You kept buying that's the my, scratchy toilet paper, one plot. That's my, yeah, that, half plot. That that's Mueller. So yeah, I did hear this video. Kerry Hardy did report that employees were not being consistently paid. Whoops. That is not a good sign. <laughs> that's a bad one. I used to work at a bank, and let me tell you something, Ugh. Zach. We had a few businesses that banked with us for their payroll, and they would not always have enough money to play their, pay their employees. Those were hard Fridays. Oh, I guarantee you. Because you couldn't tell the employees why you couldn't cash their checks because of privacy. And it got it got to the point. This is how snarky I was because I got I got in trouble once because I did tell someone about a business account. And then I had to go into the bank president. He's like, you're not allowed to do that. Are, are you dumb? No, feisty. <laughs> I, was, I'm feisty. I, was like, I was like 16 or 17, but still, it was a mistake. So, but being, being Dennis, I adapted to these, this guidance. And when I had people that could not have their checks cashed, ideologically, I have a problem with people who have earned money being unable to get their hard-earned paycheck. Mm-hmm. I would tell them, I cannot cash your check. I'm not allowed to tell you why. All I will say is I want you to think of all the possible reasons why <laughs> someone could not ca- cash a check and you'll probably understand the answer. I'm not pointing elbows here. And but... about half the time they'd go, like if they like if there's not enough money in the account? And I said, that would be a good example. Yes. Uh-huh. It'd be a great example. You have a nice day now. Bye-bye. Oh, then they take it out on you. Have a nice day not being able to feed your kids. Well, Goodbye. then fine. Give me my goddamn sucker. Hello, darkness, my old friend. No, I'm going to go on my front. Yeah, I would. I'd let them have the dum-dums. We always had dum-dums. You Give say, them the suckers to try and keep their kids alive. And, uh, oh, gosh, you're going to make me go on a banking rant. See, because the other thing I had a problem with is people who owned businesses or were seen as of means, we waived all their bank fees. Poor people we hit with fees all the time. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, people, you bounce a check. Back then it was only like 15 bucks, but you bounce a check, 15 every 15 check. 15 a lot bounce, for bounce, bounce. somebody needing it. And then, oh, well, this person owns the diner. So I'm like, 
they they're bouncing business checks. What a hoity-toity bank! Did you have different was, suckers for the pro, the premium LEs? I got I got. I got in trouble. Gosh, I guess I got in trouble a lot in my younger days. I got in trouble for wave. I started just, I wouldn't charge it. I started waving fees for poor people. Oh, good for you. I couldn't wave. I couldn't like wave the bounce checks that went through bookkeeping. But like if people came, there were people that because they got in trouble for bouncing checks, they needed money orders to pay their bills. I wouldn't charge them for the money orders. Mm. And then um, we got set aside and told, no, you need to start billing these people for the money orders. But anytime a business owner came in and they wanted cashier's checks, which carry even higher fees, waved. Wave, wave, wave. They go get a bank manager and they'd wave them, wave all the fees. Did you quit that job or you get fired? I did. I know. I please. Who would fire me? (laughs) No, I quit. I did that job through high school and college, Uh, but I was not a bank teller for that whole period. I moved down into the loan department and was a clerk. A banker for the people. They got me away from, they got me away from. Uh, working directly with a lot of uh, of clients uh, that that oh that uh, did anything but owe us money. So I worked with the, wow. the yeah. It was that probably shaped a lot of how I view things about how I thought people weren't treated right. But I love it. I just love it. Anyway, I was just it's, uh, I, to me it was just not there was just it was, there was a lack of fairness to it. And life may not be fair, but that doesn't mean we can't run our organizations fairly. So anyway, have, back to this story and okay. all of this, and not knowing about the about the former employee. So yeah, that's okay. So this person, the payment issue, yeah, that's what my story not was consistently about. Consistently paid. That's, that's a big one. That is, it's a huge. It could it could be a huge red flag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the reason? Unless there wasn't money, other than forgetting to give them paychecks, which we use software nowadays. So that's not an issue. Yeah. And uh, you can't forget things like that or UL certification or that's like a one time. That's like a one time forget. You Mm -hmm. don't get a second. And I think if it happened once, it may not be an issue that is coming up now that people are talking about. Engineering was also another thing that this video brought up uh, at length, such as Dennis Nordman. We know that he left. This video by Kerry Hardy indicated that he left because they couldn't get an engineer to help design his games with him. I thought he mentioned that on another interview. Dennis did as well. Yeah, he, he said they couldn't couldn't get the games made or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Barry Ausler, even per this video, said that Food Truck, their upcoming announced Deep Root title, is struggling to finish because of an engineering deficit. Now, Kerry Hardy reports that many of the engineers that Deep Root had or do have were kind of green, really new, quote, fresh out of college, he described it. And they've been instructed to work on Raza. Kerry Hardy indicated that one seasoned engineer that they needed desperately decided to leave because of the inconsistent pay schedule. It's a bad cycle. I've wondered if the seasoned engineer is is the source. Ah, he could be. This undisclosed former employee also reportedly told Kerry Hardy that a lot of their delays... And what was killing the company was, quote, the fucking pin bar. He talked about they could crank out Rosas like the ones that we all seen at that Houston show, but the implementation of that damn pin bar is what was causing issues and delays immensely. I've wondered if, and I don't know at this point if it's really a design issue because I would assume the pin bar is fully designed, but the chip shortage you're aware of the the chip yeah, shortage? Absolutely. Okay. Like I know I know someone uh, who's got a a, tr- a pickup truck on order. It's on order because they don't have the chips to finish them. Mm-hmm. A pin bar and might as it, well it, be a Nintendo Switch. I mean, it is an electronic device. Right. But the thing is, Deeproot is a nothing company in the grand scheme of you know versus the Nintendos and the Fords of the world. If they're needing the same chips or the same company, oh, yeah. or the same factories, like. 
how far down on the list? There's are a hierarchy you? there. Yeah. How far down on the list are you when you, you're not even planning to release 200 Razas? Yeah. The chip maker's like, should I send 10,000 to Ford for a month's worth or 15 to Deep Root in Texas? Especially if they have to like change up their line or something to make these special pin bar chips. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie Hardy believes one of the biggest issues that Deep Root is facing is the amount of pride that Robert has. Carrie Hardy quotes the sourced former employee saying, quote, he, referring to Mr. Mueller, himself could do what they're doing, but he doesn't have the time. End quote. He was talking about that's how Robert Mueller would interact with the bunch, acting like, oh, he could do all of this. He don't know why it's taking so long, but he just didn't have the time to do it. There's a lot of white woods at Deep Root because the designers really have are struggling to have something else to do, waiting on engineers to come on board. Further question marks when it comes to this company. Do they get something? The Whitewood, out, don't the Whitewood they? confirmations, no shock. Yeah. I, when they revealed how many tiles I had in development, that was my thought was, you've got this many because you have a you have this stable full of pinball designers and you're not releasing anything, so all they can do is come up with new games. Many of which are used to designing older, more simpler games too. I don't know what to say about Deep Root. Uh, they they sent an update out that said for those of you who have pre-ordered or paid for your Raza, if you want your money back, you can do so. Yeah. So. I saw that. I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, pride gets in the way of a lot of people, um, but not me. <laughs> yeah, never you. <laughs> come one, come all, come to the show that we like to call the Pinball Show Presents. Sponsored by the Pinball Network. Presented by... Flipping out pinball? This is the way? <laughs> I don't know what this is anymore. I just like to call it Pinball! Market trends. Had to take a breath there. Shit. Used all of my energy on the market. I wonder Used if your own, kids, when they hear that, the they're like, oh, the recording's almost done. Daddy screamed. Or almost Daddy's done. finally going to pay attention we to can us. finally eat. Daddy's <laughs> almost done. Kids, blink twice if you need me to send you dum-dums. Turning up this week is Stern Pinball's Game of Thrones. What? Wrong epic. No, it is Game of Thrones. Okay, well, the numbers don't lie. I only report the facts here. Maybe this is backed by Dwight Sullivan being in the news and people feeling some Beskar rules bleeding from this Game of Thrones game. But if you look at the secondary market, it has taken a bit more of an uptick. Game of Thrones is getting up there a little bit more than, than ever. I remember when premiums, hell, you could get those for low sixes. You're trying to give away LEs at high sixes, low sevens. Right now, those days are gone. Game of Thrones... And the show's not relevant anymore. I don't know where this is coming from. People like how that game shoots. Yeah. This is I mean, other than the art, most people seem to be pretty pleased with where it's at. But it's getting a little bit of resurgence here. And this isn't pinball ideology market trends. So I don't know. I don't know. But if you're wanting a premium, you're now paying $7,000 to $7,300. If you're getting an LE, those are back up closer to nine again. Pretty good, Stern. Nicely done with Game of Thrones. But man, that artwork. Also trending up this week is Stern Pinball Accessories. We know that the shooter rod is shipping for Avengers, and we know how hot the toppers are. I wonder, as we're getting into more release titles, Dennis, if we start seeing other Stern accessories take the same or similar trajectory. The example that I would showcase is the Mandalorian armor that is selling better than any armor that I've ever seen. Hmm. For the most part, as a dealer, the armor, eh, 
you grab a couple sets. Somebody's going to want it. Right? It comes out late. And it's kind of a uh, side blades always sell better. Shooter knobs, believe it or not, always sell better. Shaker motors always. It, it's kind of the low item on the totem pole when it comes to accessories. But that Mando you think armor? It's because of difficulty on, like, some of these things are easier to install. That's a good, possibly. I know the stern pinball armor is easy to install because they don't put an adhesive on the back, I don't believe, of their side rails. So it's probably just as easy, if not easier, than a shaker motor. Certainly less intensive than side blades. Our blades, I mean, you're getting out Windex, you're, some people are taking out the play field. One of the easier mods to add, but. This Mandalorian armor, whew, it's on fire right now. And shooter rods, they're they're really making a push as well. Do we start seeing, we've seen that Jurassic Park stop selling for a little bit and go up in the $500 range for a shooter knob. I think we're going to start continuing to see these accessories evolve. Some scarcity, maybe to the point of uh, purposeful scarcity to drive those prices Mm. up, I don't know. But the Mando armor is where it's at. Also trending up this week, I'm in a festive mood. So we're going to keep trending up, and it's going to be Half Shell Challenge. Have you heard of this, Dennis? Yep, I have heard of it. I told you before, I poo-pooed all these little modes. I don't want to see the damn wizard mode. That's one side note. On Mandalorian, Dwight, I love you. You're my babe. But why are you showing me the wizard mode and that cool of a wizard mode staging balls? No, don't show me that. Buy me dinner before you expose yourself. Damn. I want to work my way up to that. But Half Shell Challenge is not a wizard mode. I have heard Joel Engelberth from just another pinball podcast and stream drone on and on. Half Shell Challenge. You got to play it. No, Joel. Nobody wants to play that shit. I just want to play the game. Well, guess what? Zach was wrong. I did finally. I, I listened to him. Usually I... I Space out when people start talking about rules I don't give a shit about. I listened to him on his recent stream. I think it was, I think it was on Flipping Out Pinball. And he gave a tutorial, nicely done tutorial, on the Half Shell Challenge and how it differed from normal gameplay and how it differed from the final battle. I played this thing myself and I'm addicted. This in and of itself is enough to put online connectivity wise. It would be a hit. This is such a fun game that I'll probably play it more so in the next three months than I do the gameplay itself. It's damn near perfect. It's very simple. It's engaging. And it is so fun to try to get sub 100 second thresholds that I challenge you, listener, to try it yourself. I finally did it. I finally did it. So you guys are right. I was wrong on that. Don't you dare coders think this is okay to do wizard modes as a fast pass I don't want that. Nobody wants that. No. Anytime a person wants to play a wizard mode, you know what they should have to do? They should have to feel like a pathetic fool opening up that glass and putting their little grubby ass fingers on those switches to get there. Don't fast pass that. But half shell challenge? Continue with stuff like this. Hero mode? Absolutely. Give us options. Give us choices. Thank you, Stern Pinball. Damn, that was three trending ups for Stern. Should we make it four? Trending up this week is Washington State. I've done this before and Dennis rolls his eyes and gets all pissy, but I'll do it again. Washington State, the state of Washington. For some reason, I can't get enough of you. And obviously, you guys cannot get enough of flipping out pinball. 
We have sold more pinball machines in the state of Washington over the last month than any neighboring state combined. What the hell is that about, Dennis? I don't, I don't know. Washington um, State? I mean, there are a lot of, I mean, per capita pinball popularity up there is really high. Uh, maybe that, that's what I'm guessing. It was a good word of mouth. I don't know what is going on. I don't know. Maybe if we can mention flipping out pinball a couple more times, Delt can be right. <gasps> oh, does Delt live in Washington State? No, they know. wouldn't have him. That's mean. His kind resides in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Philly. Are you thinking Philly? I'm not going to throw out a city. You're thinking Philly, aren't you? I'm not going to throw out a city, but uh, I guess the Pennsylvania. Where's all my Pennsylvania love? But Washington State, I could not thank you as a state enough. The utmost respect and love for you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Right now, you're my number one state. Not going to lie. Where you at, Texas? Come on. Oklahoma. Don't be slackers. Kansas? Well, I mean, it goes without saying. I had someone send me a message saying that they thought that you actually would give me the first pro. Oh, really? It's like, no, we've had that conversation. Zach does not prioritize me over his precious locations. If I gave you the first pro, it could not be public. <laughs> I'll say see, that. See, I'll say that. It's like, there, there are reasons. There are reasons. It cannot happen. Yeah. We have to keep Zach above board. Publicly, it cannot happen. I, I threw a little shade there. Kansas, Kansas is another big flipping out state. Hmm. Yeah, I love you guys. I don't know why I promote coin taker so heavily coin giver over here. Yeah. I don't look I, I quit my job. So all of this is even more appreciated. Now everything <gasps> really matters. You're all out on the limb. I know. Oh, the EGP distributor discussion must have really stung now. It did. <laughs> it did. And we discussed and it was a good discussion. I thought we had, maybe I'll show up sometime if I'm invited on EGP and we can discuss more of that. I don't know. We're so busy. Yeah, it's fine enough. Trending down this week, eclectic game. Oh, no. Trending down this week is Jurassic Park Data East Edition. Oh, I don't know why. It's a lovely game. Elwin hates it. Well, that's probably why. You don't like it. That does tend to skew things a bit, but Lost World is great. All the Jurassic Park games are really fun. I, I like them all. But for some reason, the Data East continues to kind of flood the marketplace recently. And we see a jump up in all these other prices, but this one not so much. Back down to the mid threes, three thousands. So if you're looking for a nice clean Jurassic Park, you don't need to pay four thousand anymore for it. Pay thirty five hundred. Go pick it up, cash. And if you got a routed one, don't even try asking more than three for it. Stop. Upper twos. It's back down, Greg Bone. You tight ass. It's time to bye 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 bye. Speaking of bye, 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 I do not have a deal of the week this week. I'm sorry. You're not going to save a buck. You're not going to save two. But you're going to gain a laugh because, boy, oh, boy, this week's deals of the... <laughs> I have so many deals of the WTF this week, listener. I, I don't even know what to pick from. I could have a whole show out of this. I'm not going to, Dennis. Last week was a doozy. I don't know if you heard that one, Dennis, but woo, it was right up yeah, your alley. That was a joke. I think it's wedged somewhere in between you and Ryan making fun of me constantly. Oh, we we just mentioned I that... I, re- I think I heard some market trends in there somewhere. Well, like a wig on ET. Yeah, like that. Because it looked odd, just like you would look odd with a wig on, that's all. No, nothing. Not that I had to edit a couple parts out there because... But no, yeah, I don't know what that was. Nothing but love. I don't know who loves you more, me or Ryan C., I don't know. Maybe you're overrated. Dill the WTF this week. The highlight in the showcase. 
fat train. Toot, toot. Out of Sacramento, California. Looking all cool with your avatar with your shades on. At least you're wearing your seatbelt and your blue blazer. He's trying to sell the Matrix. Mm. Once in a lifetime opportunity to own several extremely rare pieces of pinball history. You get a combo deal here. The Matrix, Johnny Mnemonic serial number one, and the only known Johnny Mnemonic prototype Whitewood. So you get three games in one. It's a very Keanu theme. All of them are the same game, but only one of 12 in the world of The Matrix. 100% custom rebuilt game. We all know about The Matrix, and if not, go look that up. A group did that. I've always wanted this pin because I like Johnny <gasps> Mnemonic, and I love You've The Matrix. you got your chance. More. Not for this price. $125,000 firm. He can suck an egg. Sell, sell, sell. $125,000. I know it's rare. I know the Matrix pin could probably go for some big bucks. I get that. But what is Johnny Mnemonic serial number one going for? Uh, he doesn't even talk about condition. If it's in nice condition, five grand, maybe. Johnny Mnemonic only prototype Whitewood. Another five. You're at 10 grand. I'll push. I'll give you 15 for the pair, which is crazy. I think is over overdone, but 15. You're down to $110,000. There's no way in hell the matrix right now even in this overinflated market 50k tops that's it when i could pay employees to build this thing and still come out less than $120,000 then it's overpriced so when you pay your employees to do it to prove that it can be done are you going to walk by and tell them how you could have uh, done it but you're too busy or tell them it should have been live streamed when I reveal it. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Another deal of WTF this week is on Pinside by Chief G. I think Chief G is a good good person outside of Richmond trying to sell a Black Knight Sword of Rage Premium for $9,900. Come on, Chiefy. Chief and crack over there. You think someone's going to pay that? It's got the timber though, Zach. Well, that's fine. $9,900 minus $1,500, Dennis. Last time I checked was $8,400. And numbers don't lie. We only report the facts here at the Pinball Show. And $8,400 for a Black Knight Sword of Rage premium, used or new, is crazy. Maybe the crazy train can meet the fat train. And they can both... Uh, Do the locomotion. <gasps> Damn it, Dennis. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. I want so bad to sing that everybody's doing locomotion. But you can't. We have rules on the pinball show here on the Pinball Network. Oh, come on. Come nope. on. Come nope. on. Nope. No. Locomotion. Nope. And that was Pinball Market Trends. Non-live edition. <laughs> Closing time here at the Pinball Show. Dennis Creasel, where can people find you besides the pinball network at gmail.com? Yeah, well, that might eventually get to me if they email there, but it's easier to email eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com or go to facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast and just shoot a message that way and I will see it. Mm, very nice. And if you guys are like me and are outraged by some of the things that Tony has been saying lately, go ahead and email them and let them know that Zach's right and Tony's just being Feedback has been mean. surprisingly good on that episode, other than mean. when he attacked Stadia. Oh, good. I didn't make it that far because that was one of the only EGP shows I fucking turned off. And I emailed you guys, and I was like, here's, here's my impression of me. Dennis and Tony. What the fuck? <laughs> Got my eye on you, Tony. 
Got my eye on you. He won't hear. He doesn't listen to this show. No, he doesn't because he doesn't have good taste. There, I said it. You can catch me at Straight Down the Middle, a YouTube video series talking about all things. When are you rubber doing the band. rubber band collector? We're working on it because I want to hear that. Planning. One. See, we don't jump into something. Planning. That better be the first one you do. Oh wow, that would be smart. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to keep checking. Really smart. You can email us at sdtmpinball at gmail and I have another email for the other branch of the show, but I forgot it right now. Sorry. And if you're ready to buy a brand new pinball machine, do so not direct from the manufacturer. Believe me, don't do that. Buy it from somebody that's going to support you when your play field has a hiccup or a coil is on the fritz. When in doubt, you've seen the promo flipping out. Flipping out pinballs product showcase this week is a Mandalorian Pro and Premium. Go ahead and pre-order yours now. The line is long. Better be patient, but I'm, I've been pushing Stern. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Get rid of some of these runs of older games for a little bit. Run the yeah, I'm sure you've motivated them to change their entire manufacturing plan. Oh, I know. I'm like, you're so influential. Here's my huge order, and I'm willing to wait, but please make them faster. <laughs> no, <yeah>. <laughs> <sighs> uh, it'd be well. like that. Yeah, that's true. Other games that are in stock ready to go include Jurassic Park Pro by Stern Pinball. Stranger Things Pro, getting low on that, though. And remember... They're not running them at, at least this year. So once they're gone, they're gone. Turtles Pro? Question mark. I think I have one left. Turtles Premium. Led Zeppelin Pro. Led Zeppelin Premium. Hot Wheels. I, I can't say I have it in stock. I think they have them in stock. I'd have to double check. We do have the Jurassic Park Arcade Shooter Home Edition in stock. A lot of banners. A lot of accessories. I think... I don't know if we have any more of the Avengers Shooter knobs, but... Email us. If not, you can buy direct. Alien pre-orders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Last week at TPN, final round pinball podcast at episode 34, and it was inside of a hot tub with Ron hot and Bruce. Meta, yeah. Wow. Do you think there was uh, extra bubbles in there because of Bruce? <laughs> I, well, I have to. Okay. <laughs> I feel bad. I actually had to fast forward through that part of the podcast because oh, no. the bubble sound effect was so so loud in my ears oh. like i was having trouble following the speech interesting it seemed probably well balanced for most people but for me i was just like i couldn't stand hearing the bubbles so i forgot I what i was, was like, nope. playing it on because it matters skip, skip, sometimes skip. what you're playing but it was fine for mine i get a lot of crap for that for balancing issues but it's, yeah for someone who prides himself on being such a cr- content creator your audio balance issues have been legendary i would love uh, here recently have they been bad? No, no. Okay. I haven't noticed them as much, really. But it's other, so you know, hard. We've I seen a lot of people. All I have is that we've meter, the decibel meter, and and I've got the meter, and I balance yeah. both channels. Look, I don't know what don't, to tell you, Zach. I don't know either. My biggest issue is just when you put out the podcast and it's a quarter of a gig in size because you encoded it at such a high level. <sighs> Last final round was big too. That's what. Yes, she said. I noticed that. I downloaded it this morning. I was like, "Whoa, this thing!" And did Zach edit it? That's actually what I thought. Oh, cute. Off the Record had a new podcast submission, and I think this one might go the distance. It was called On the Record. Oh, that's cute, guys. Nicely done. On the Record Pinball uh, Podcast. You didn't I like see. that? I thought it was cute. I liked it. It was It's a little too clever for its own good. Oh, hosted by a three-headed monster. Nobody you know, just an actual three-headed monster. No, it was Travis Murray, competitive pinball player and content creator himself, Travis Murray, joining the dark side of TPN, potentially. 
Tom Graff, who is maybe the most lovable person at TV. He carried the show. I, he just really worked in that format. I didn't know he only would buy LEs. That was so neat. It's not true. I'm spreading it. He is the sweetest man, and he's already I'm been spreading thrown it like into margarine. the, the Zach all, bin. all over the hobby. Tom uh, is an elitist. Elitist. <gasps> elitist. Yeah, elitist. Uh, might edit that one out for a t-shirt possibility. Uh, so Tom Graff, love you there. And Joel Engelberth with just another pinball podcast. David Dennis's favorite, favorite cohort over at TPN. TPN this week, more new podcasts. Question mark? Maybe. <gasps> I'm getting ready to upload another off the record. More oh. puppets? Where in the hell are the puppet pals? I don't know where the puppets are. And before we close out the show, I want to take some time uh, and express our thoughts going out to Greg, a fellow pinball enthusiast and player. He's on Pinside, known as Pin Lawyer. I've had interactions and dealings with Greg. Nothing but wonderful and terrific. Good, good dude. He was recently diagnosed with a pretty aggressive endocrine illness, and there's no words really to express how to make that better because it can't. Um, he's clearing out some of his collection. So if you're interested, he, he kept the nicest machines on Penn's side. So can't vouch for him enough there. And nothing that I, I hate all the cliche stuff. I don't know what to say in these situations. This shit sucks. And this is corny, but I do feel this is true. We are a big family in a lot of ways, especially on like the forum, social media and, and content and stuff. And we got your back. If you need anything, you've provided a lot for this community uh, as a friend. So please reach out. Let us know as a family and as a community if we can help in any way. Thank you, Greg. And for the pinball show and for Dennis Creasel, I'll always be your Zach Minnie. And I'll say to always remember, when one chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore, you are both hunter and pray. And always practice safe pinball. And come on, baby, do the magic hand thing. Up. So long, everybody. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah, Reese's Pieces are a very underappreciated candy. I prefer them to the cup itself. I agree. And I like them more than... You know there's a peanut butter M&M now. Yeah, it's a good try, but no. It is. It's an attempt, but I still just don't see the the value in such a thing when you have the Reese piece available. And you thought the T and E-T stood for extra testicles. Extra t- <laughs> It's an extra testicle, Mom. Half through the testicles. E-T, well hung. <laughs> I always wondered where that little guy's dick was. It's in that stretchy neck. Like, oh, oh man. To the cold and damp, when my eyes were stabbed by the flash of a neon light, split the night, touch the sun.